welcome to episode number 100 of the Church Collective Podcast. That's right. We have done 100 episodes of these, and we can't thank you enough for uh, just all of the support that we've gotten for the podcast, all of the, the listeners, all of the uh, donors on the site. There's just so many cool people involved in uh, just what we do, and we just want to thank you for that. If you haven't listened to all 100 episodes, you've probably missed out on something really cool. So I want to encourage you to just go back. Uh, they're all up there. They're free for you to get to. Uh, they're all up on the site at thechurchcollective.com. There's just a ton of great things to look at. In this episode, we talk with Travis Ryan um, just really about the tension of writing music from a place of brokenness, um, the reason that we do worship music in the first place. It was just really, really cool. Um, and, and really, we got into a really good conversation about how important it is for us as worship leaders to just be real uh, when we're on the platform week in and week out and how our congregations respond to that. So here we go with episode number 100 of the Church Collective Podcast. You know, uh, a lot of the songs um, that uh, are on this project uh, are, are deeply rooted to real stories, uh, real, real things that have happened. Um, and that's what I love about uh, Scripture, because anytime you see God interacting with His people or people interacting with God, oftentimes, man, God, when He delivered, um, uh, you know, Israel from the Egyptians, and he, he said, hey, here's a song, right? Sing this song. Uh, why? Uh, to make ourselves feel good, uh, to put it and smack them right before a message. No, it is to uh, remember all that God has done in our lives and how he's delivered. And, um, and so there's something really special about that. So in the same way, I think it, it, God is moving. He's the same God yesterday, today, and, and tomorrow. And so I think um, that truth has not changed. And so we as songwriters, we as worship leaders, we have a, uh, a really amazing gift um, and an honor uh, to steward those things amongst our church. Um, we live so much in a culture of like singles, you know, it's about writing a single and being an artist and that kind of stuff. Um, but in the context of the church, it's not about you. You're an artist, yeah, a creative person, but you're a part of a community. And so um, you're, not, you're not by your lonesome you know, kind of like I'm bringing my song, my 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 song alone. Um, I'm bringing this community story with me. You know, and so we've had uh, a lot of brokenness um, happen <laughs> in our life, just like any community does. It's full of people. That means there's full of stories, and there's stories of triumph, and there's stories of sorrow, and um, and and. Uh, so anyways, as I'm walking along with my community that I'm in and that I'm pastoring uh, uh, and walking through my stories and then hearing other people's stories and then be beginning to see similarities in those stories, okay, God, you are saying something right now. You are leading us through something. So there needs to be a song that we write uh, to remember all that you are carrying us through and all that you are leading us through. And that is through, um, man, joy and sorrow. And so uh, songs like um, The Goodness of the Lord, uh, that song, um, my, my grandfather passed away. Uh, he was like 
I grew up in a really blessed house, um, no death in our family, none of that kind of stuff. Um, and <clears throat> so, f- uh, yeah, five years ago, uh, I get a phone call that my grandfather um, is is on his deathbed. I get a phone call from my mom, and she was out of state. I was in California at the time. I said, would you go visit him? And I said, yeah. So I brought my guitar with me. Um, and I just was singing over him as he was on his deathbed. I was singing hymns and, uh, I just looked at him. I was like, man, and he just became a Christian like three years, um, before this time, like he went his whole life just as a rebel. And then the Lord saved him. And, uh, and I was just thinking like, man, uh, looking at him as he's laying there, I'm singing these songs and I'm going, okay, God, you, you have been so good to him. Uh, and so I just began to sing this chorus, the goodness of the Lord never fails me. The goodness of the Lord overwhelms me. The goodness of the Lord is always true. So he, he died the next day, um, and, uh, uh, died the next day. I began, I, I told my friend, Richie Fike, who had wrote, we believe with I said, Hey, this is what's happened. I got this chorus as I was singing over my grandpa's funerals in like a couple days, I would love to finish this song if this is something that God wants us to do. This is how I'm feeling. This is where my heart's at uh, as I'm grieving through this process. And so he's like, okay. And I had to jump into a, <laughs> another church meeting. And, uh, and he texts me about an hour later going, hey, I, got, I think I got some verses, man. You know, So he hits me back. I'm like, dude, these are so good. This is exactly where my heart's at. This is what I feel. And, um, and so he said, um, he said to me, he goes, uh, well, man, you know, let me know. Is this where, is, is this where your heart's at? Is this true? Cause he's like, I'm trying to pen where your heart's at. And it was just cool collaborative of, of how we wrote this song. We wrote the song, we played it at my grandfather's funeral and didn't do anything for five years with that song. That was the last place I played it. Um, and and then as we went through this project, the producer, Michael Farron, said, hey, do you want, um, I was listening through your songs. This song came up. I think that there's something really special on this song. I go, oh, man, I don't want to do that song. <laughs> you know, like, because I, I went, even after my grandfather died, I went through kind of a, a time of depression it was really dark season, and that song, it was just a very personal song for me, going, okay, the goodness of God, I'm struggling with this right now, Lord, um, but uh, but but I, I know you say you're good, and, and I know I need to say you're good, and I need to believe this through this time, because I don't feel this right now, and, and so it was just a very intimate song, and we ended up actually uh, putting it on the album. But before that, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this to our church. And so we began singing it in our church and it just kind of like, you know, just rose up in the hearts of our people. And they're just like, I mean, story after story of just like, man, I've been struggling with the question, is God good? And that song has breathe faith back into my heart again and you know we lost we lost a child and um and i struggled with god's goodness and and all these things and you're just like hearing faith rise up in people in your community so sorry that was kind of a big long thing but i i think it's important to walk through those seasons walk through those sorrows and then to to be honest through them 
um, and not put Jesus band-aids on things, but to be honest, just like David was honest in the Psalms, you know, so I think it's really important to do. Sure. Could you speak a little bit to being honest in the church worship leadership context? Like sometimes it feels like we have to be like the the cheerleader almost every week. Could you talk about like being normal, being real? Yeah, that's a great question, man. um, In our culture today, we, um, I remember uh, being at a big, a big church and uh, the, the worship leader over me told me and said, hey, we, we're cheer, cheerleaders. He literally used that term. I don't know if I was my young, angsty, you know, like I'm, it's because I'm 22 and I'm like kind of, you know, that angsty young in ministry type. <laughs> and I was like, that just totally rubbed me the wrong way. I just, I, I was like, what in the world? We're cheerleaders? Cheerleaders like at a football game that, you kind of could pay attention to if you want to, but then, but they're really more annoying than anything. Um, and, um, and some people call it a sport. Cool. I guess, but, but, um, but my thing is in in light of that, it's just like, man, I, I do not like that idea or definition or even that picture upon what we do as worship leaders. If we're cheerleaders, man, I want out, you know? Um, I, uh, I I understand where he was coming from, but in the context of a lot of what our worship gatherings have become, have just been, hey, we want we want people to uh, the, the really it's kind of probably the liturgy that we've created in our churches, but it's like, hey, do a couple songs that really get people foot their feet tapping, their their hands clapping, and then get you ready for the message because that's what it's all about is the message and yeah. only the message, only the word of God. And then we'll just tag a song at the very end as people just so they can, you know, get put their money in the plate. And I just was like, man, our, this liturgy is so cheap, what we've created amongst our people. And um, I think it's really important to understand that <laughs> there is no celebration if there hasn't been any confession beforehand. Mm. You don't just come into a house and, you know, yeah, you can do the surprise, like, hey, surprise! (laughs) And that moment's really great. But if you have just 45 minutes of, hey, surprise, it's really exhausting. Um, And and I think it's okay. Do a big upbeat song. Like, I don't think that there has to be a form necessarily of, of, of structure. I think it's important of, like, heart. Where's our heart at? Why are we setting up songs in this way? What what journey are we walking our people through? And the the sad thing is, is most of the time we don't want any sadness or sorrow or um, uh, or grief or grieving in our in our context of of church. Because what we're saying is, well, you know, man, we got people who don't know the Lord and they're coming in here and that they see that and they feel that. And we're just like, no, man, that's a, that's part of being human. You know, like that's part of being human. It's important that we would experience the, um, understand the experience of the expanse of all of our emotions. And David does that. It's biblical, you know? And, um, but anyway, so I, not to get off track there, but I think the realness side of things is understanding who I am in light of who he is and who am I? Okay. 
depending on your theology, right? I mean, you know, if you're like a five point Calvinist, you love singing songs about I'm a worm, you know, like, um, and then on the other side of things, the, uh, you know, there's a, a side of like, no, I'm worthy enough that Jesus would come and, and, and he would die for me. And I'm, I'm look at the end of the day, I know that scripture says I'm lost without the Lord, you know, and he's come and he saved me. And, um, and so, uh, but man, I'm, I'm, I'm coming in today, bringing just nothing but mud, you know, like sure. uh, that's all I got. I don't, I don't bring any gifts of gold to you, Lord. I'm, I'm bringing just kind of this, uh, just all of who I am. And I think the problem is, is we've kind of created in our culture, uh, just, um, you know, the fakeness. It's easy to be fake. Actually, it's actually really difficult to be fake it's more exhausting to be fake than it is to be just be real sure you know um so I, I think i think it's a cultural problem that we have um and when we begin to show realness actually people respond really well to that and it's a little bit like whoa this guy's being really honest right but over time it's like that's what infuses a healthy culture in the church sure so you got maybe advice for somebody that's convicted by what they're hearing you say. They want to do that, but maybe feel like their their leadership would not be okay with that. Like, how how can they help them along in that? Well, first and foremost, man, um, I, I, man, I know what that's like. <laughs> you know, I've served underneath that, um, man. I just want to be real. I want to be honest. I feel like my leader over me is not being honest and transparent. And first and foremost, you need to serve that leader. Mm. Um, you need to honor that leader. Um, you may not respect your leader, but those are two very different things. Honoring and respecting are two very, very different things. Um, and so, and you are called to honor them. Uh, God has called you into that place of leadership to serve, to learn how to serve, and to serve well. Um, uh, if you've ever worked at a restaurant, it's not fun. Like I've never met someone being like, man, I love serving. I love cleaning up the dishes. I love taking care of, you know, cleaning and wiping up after everybody who's left a mess. Like serving is not a fun thing, but is what we are called to do as followers of Jesus is to serve. Jesus served. We are to be like him. We are to serve as well. So when your leader comes in and you just feel like he's giving you just cheesy you know, kind of surfacey stuff, and you feel like that's what's, you know, happening. The best thing that you can do is not try to, you're not trying to be like them. You need to be real with them. But real doesn't mean being a jerk. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think people kind of think like, uh, well, I'm just being real, man. Sure. No, no, you're, you're, you're not thinking. <laughs> you know, like you need to season your words with grace and tr- you need to speak with truth, but also in love. And so not speaking truth to devour somebody. And, and I think that that's that tension that we we have to kind of rest in is like, am I just devouring somebody just to you know, run over them? Or am I speaking truth in them to build them up to be better than, you know, uh, a better follower uh, of Jesus or, um, uh, so I think those things like, 
if your leader is not that way, man, you need to pray first and foremost, pray for realness to be able to penetrate that person, to meet them where they are. Um, pray that you can be consistent in your realness and not come down to the level of fakeness, you know, um, because oftentimes there will be a thing of, especially when you're serving somebody, that leader, and I struggle with this just to be honest with my team, uh, is I lead in a certain way. And so my expectation is that anyone underneath me is going to lead in the exact same way, right? But you've got all different personalities underneath you. <clears throat> so the best thing that I can do is go, okay, what, what are my values of leadership? And one of them is just being consistent. So <laughs> if you can be consistent in your realness, that's the best thing. Um, and not teetering back and forth. Praying for your leader, being consistent with your leader, and consistent in honoring him, consistent in praying for him, consistent in serving him. And look, at the end of the day, you're not going to change him. <laughs> uh, transformation only comes from the Lord and, um, and, and by the power of the Holy Spirit and you being a mirror and a reflection of a consistent, real person who's honoring him and serving your leader, like there's no way that they can't not be marked by that. Sure. Yeah. That's great stuff. Um, could you speak to like, uh, I love talking to people that you're, you're an artist, but you're also serving at a church. Could you talk about that balance? How do you, how do you strike that balance? Um, got any encouragement for somebody that feels like they want to do something like that? Yeah. I, I think, I think where, from from the beginning, man, when I was like just starting to write and when I, I was, I'm 32, when I was 17, I kind of was really getting into this thing of like writing songs and then fighting this battle of like not wanting to be in a local church, but God was calling me to serve in the local body. And I always heard this thing, well, are you a worship leader or are you an artist? And it was like, that was part of this language. Like there was these two different things. It's like, okay, so one serves the, the local church and the other one just thinks about themselves. Like, <laughs> um, I think it's both and it's not an either or, um, uh, man, we, an artist is someone who creates, right? Yeah. An artist is someone who creates and we all are artistic in very different ways. Someone is really good, you know, uh, writing a song. Well, somebody's really great at cooking food. Somebody's really great at organizing and structure. Like they're artistic in a very different way. Um, in the context of music, though, I think what's important is that as an artist, you, you, you're trying to find, there's artists out there that are just like, I'm going to push the envelope the whole time, Right. I'm, I'm just going to get people to get outside of themselves. I'm not even going to meet them where they are. I'm just going to be avant-garde, push them. This is what it is. And I think there's something in the context of the church that's important is that, man, you're, you're, you're with the people. You're the voice with these people. Um, if you're good at songwriting, if you've been called to that, man, you're, the, you're helping uh, uh, give language to this community of people to express to, to God. So if you're just like outside of those people and, 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 and you, and you're not even concerned in thinking about connecting this body of people with almighty God, 
I, th- I think you're doing a disservice to that community. It is, is it wrong to push people? No, I think you need to. But I do think for me personally, and it's just my opinion, um, is that I think it's important to be able to write songs that are going to connect with the hearts of the people to connect with their God. Um, and then you also need to write songs that do push people to a place of like, whoa, um, I need to listen to that a couple more times. You know, like, um, uh, what's, what's one of your favorite bands? You know, I, I, I love Radiohead. Sure. I love their stuff, man. I, I, I love the Benz record. I mean, it's just one of my favorite, favorite things. And there's nuances and things in that where I'm like, dude, if I went to a Radiohead concert, and I listen to their songs. I mean, I'm going to sing them out as loud as I can, you know, sure. because they've they've written my heart in that moment, you know, like. Right. And so I, I think it's more about your connection with these people, and not so much getting caught up in a style per se or or whatever. But I, I think it's important to to know that it's a both and artist and worship leader. You're creating and you're leading these people at the same time. That's it for this week's episode. If you could head over to iTunes, leave us a rating and review. It really helps there. Also, hit the contact button on thechurchcollective.com. It's just so many great ways to get plugged in. If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can hit the donate button over on the site too. There's just a lot of ways to get plugged in and to support what the Lord's doing through the Church Collective. We hope you're having a fantastic time.